Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let's welcome Pastor Ross as he comes to share today. Thank you, Peter. Wow. Thank you. It's so good to be in the house of God. Wow, I was in uh, Brisbane last week preaching at IC Church with Pastor Paul and Joe Geerling, and, uh, and it was just a great day. We had, uh, it's a larger church with four different campuses. I preached at their newest campus in the morning. About 100 people there, two people got saved. It's only the second time they've had first-time decisions in that church, and lots of prophecies flowed. Four people got saved at night. We had lots of people ministered to. We had an amazing, amazing time. So thank you for releasing us, and thank you for the team here as they ministered with Pastor Doug and Peter and Tim and others. Let's give them a hand for their ministry as well. Oh, God. Oh, God's in the house. I'm sitting there, my spirit's just leaping inside. I think, God, you are up to amazing things. While we were worshipping, I looked up and I saw Rachel's face just glowing. I thought, wow, that's beautiful. Maybe it's the lights just shining on her. Maybe it's because she's engaged and getting married in seven weeks. But then I looked around and thought, no, it was on all the singers' faces. Then I looked around and saw it on many of your faces. And I thought, wow, we're just worshiping. Your presence is just filling people's hearts. Let me tell you, when you open your heart and worship, God can't resist. He comes and touches people's lives his presence is in this house and right now he wants to encourage and minister you think well i didn't feel anything in me hey god's spirit is at work in and through us this morning i woke up singing a song anyone else do that wake up singing a song this is one i hadn't sung for years let the weak say i am strong let the poor say i am rich let the blind say i can see for what the lord has done in me Wow, and I thought, well, Lord, what's that about? And I just kept singing it while I'm having breakfast and just getting ready for church. And I thought, Lord, you want to stir people's hearts. There's some people here that maybe you felt a bit weak. You feel challenged and the enemy's contended with you or you're wrestling through stuff. And I just feel we need to make a faith statement that by God's grace, I am strong. By God's grace, I can be healed. By God's grace, I can walk in and live in all that he has provided for us. Why don't you reach your hands to heaven right now? For some of you, this, word, this uh, word, word is specifically for you. For others, generally for you. But why don't we reach up right now and say, Lord, Lord, I receive your strength. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the blind say, I can see. Oh, God, because you've blessed us. Right now, Lord, by faith, I release your favor and blessing. Lord, I just thank you in the spirit that you would pour in your strength right now over each one's life. Lord, I thank you for your peace and blessing overflowing every heart right now in Jesus' name. Strengthen those that would feel weak. Lord, those that have felt distant or discouraged or down, I pray today. Lord, truly, as I saw in the Spirit, your glow of your presence over so many in this church. Lord, let your favor and your blessing overflow each one, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I thank you for strengthening, empowering, releasing, overflowing. Lord, we're overwhelmed with your presence, not overwhelmed by darkness or need, but overwhelmed by your presence right now in Jesus' name. Let's give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God. Just before we take our seats, when we were worshiping, no, don't take tea for a minute. I want to pray. Before you take your seats, 
Well, as we were worshiping, I looked around and I saw these five people in this second row and I felt the Lord say, you need to pray blessing on them right now. If you want to come out here right now, I just want to pray blessing. The five people in this row here, come on out. Don't be afraid. I just want to pray blessing on you. God only does that when he knows he wants to do something special. Just some of the team come and stand with them right now. Just come forward. Just come and stand here so I can reach you. Reach out your hand towards them right now because just I want you to pray for these as if they were your mother or father or brother or sister right now because God alone knows the journey that these people are walking. Right now, Lord, I just pray blessing over my brother right now. Touch him with your healing presence. Lord, I pray for peace. Lord, where anxiety or torment has come against his mind, I pray for peace right now in Jesus' name. Bless him, Lord, with your favor. God, touch this precious woman right now with your healing power. Lord, I release your healing presence over her life right now, Father. Oh, God, I just see your hand touching her and bringing freedom over her soul. Thank you, Father. Lord, this woman is a woman of faith. Lord, she's seen your hand of grace over her life. She's seen your hand rescue and heal her mum twice now. And I pray, Lord, that you would use her to reach others for the kingdom of God. Oh, God, just refresh. Lord, Joanne, right now she would feel your power. Oh, God, this woman of faith, Lord, just touch your life. Touch you today with your healing power. Lord, I thank you. You're healing over her body. The enemy has tried to contend with you, but I release healing right now in Jesus' name over your body. In the name of Jesus, those headaches, I take authority over them right now in Jesus' name. And I release your healing power. I release your healing power in Jesus' name. Emma. I just met you at uh, the greeting time today. I don't know you at all, but as we were worshiping, I just felt God say he wants to touch your life. I don't know where you're at with God, but I just feel God wants to touch your life and bring some hope to your soul. You've had so many challenges in your life, but you're here today in God's presence. There's a something happening in your soul. He's heard the cry of your heart for change in your life. Why don't you reach out right now and let's believe. Father, touch Emma with your love. Lord, as I reach out my hand now as your representative, I pray that you would touch her with peace, touch her with hope, and let your healing power begin to surge through her body. Lord, restoring her soul, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for it, Lord. Bring hope for the future, Father. Lord, it won't be like it'll always be the same. Give her a desire by faith that something's changing and shifting in her life. In Jesus' mighty name. God loves you so much, Emma. He loves you very, very much. And the fact you've come to church today shows that there's something happening in your soul. Jesus. One more before we take a seat. Peter Sewell. Come out here, Peter. Some of you know Peter. Peter lives in Germany now. While well, worship, I looked over and I saw you, Peter. And this is what the Holy Spirit, I saw you as a young man when you first got saved. I saw you walking out in the fields, crying out for God's Spirit to flow through you. I saw you on your knees, crying out and saying, God, use my life. And I, the Lord wanted to say, he reminds you that that has not finished that word it's a promise and today he wants to lift disappointment and shame and like it's taken so long and at times you've even lost focus on some of that word of God but today he puts it right back in the center of your heart and your focus and he says that which you've cried out for will come to pass and Lord I release your anointing in 
as he lives in Germany. Lord, I pray for the fire of God. Lord, I pray that he would speak and pray for many. Lord, and they would come to know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, you have called him to follow you with all of his heart. Lord, I just pray you would renew the promises. Lord, he would see. He would see by faith. Lord, your authority pushing back darkness. Your life coming where there's been religion. Lord, your healing would flow. Lord, and I just pray through his hands and heart there will come life. There would come power. There would come freedom. And Lord, you would bring to pass that what you spoke to him 20 or more years ago. Lord, it's not over. It's not over. Lord, your grace would flow in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And he will position the right people with you and around you to help see that happen. There will be divine partnerships happen in that nation. You have looked and searched and God will show you and bring things to pass that will amaze you, that will bring great glory to God. Thank you, Father. Oh, gee, let's give him praise today. Jesus. Jesus. Wow, God's good. We can take our seats now. God's good. Oh, God. I just love him and I love his presence. I love that we serve a God who speaks today, that he loves us and cares for us. I want to share some uh, thoughts out of 2 Peter chapter 1. And uh, sometimes messages grow, very they flow, they build. I woke up about 4 o'clock the other morning and uh, I thought, I need to be sleeping, I'm tired. And I woke up, and I think it was because the, the temperature goes up and down at this time. You know, one night it's cold, so you put all the blankets on. Then about 3 o'clock, and then when you wake up, just perspiring, and the cloud comes, and it's, it's just that season. So I probably had too many blankets on, and I woke up just hot. And I'm lying there thinking, God, I need to go to sleep. And then all of a sudden, this scripture comes into my heart, and I start to get the points for this sermon while I'm lying half awake in bed. I'm thinking, wow, thank you, Lord, because I wasn't sure where I was going to go this Sunday. And so I thought, I better get up and write it down, but I was too tired. So I didn't get it right. And I said, Lord, just help me remember. It's terrible when you have one of those visitations in the night and you get up in the morning and you've forgotten what you were thinking about. Hey, all those great creative ideas for your business and for your life. And you're going, what was that again? But thank this was so strong, I didn't forget it. And and I woke up and I want to share this with you today. 2 Peter 1, verses 1 to 11. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, To those through the righteousness of our God and Saviour Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind. Now that's, you can't be nearsighted and blind. So we'll explain that a little bit later. Forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. 
and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless your word. Let it just bring life to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the message from verse 5, it says, So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness and generous love, each dimension fitting in and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in our lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your reverence, experience of our Master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. Oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, His choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing. The streets paved and the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our Master and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Wow, I love these verses. There's so much hope and promise in these verses. Let's unpack them a little bit. Verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance. One of the versions says, Let grace and peace be multiplied to you. Wow. Grace and peace multiplied to you. Grace is God's divine favor. It's unmerited favor. So Peter's writing, Hey, I want grace. I want God's favor multiplied to you. Isn't it awesome when things just fall into place? You know, you're looking for a house and all of a sudden that happens. You're praying for a husband or wife and all of a sudden you meet the right one. And, and, and so there are seasons where it just flows. There's other seasons where the enemy contends with you and it's a challenge. But it says, grace be multiplied to you. And it says, peace be multiplied to you. And I, after reading through this scripture, I realize God multiplies and we add. Because it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you from God. We add to our faith all these other qualities. So God's really good in the multiplication. He wants us to be good with addition. So if we're good with addition, he will then multiply it and increase it. It's partnership with the Holy Spirit. So some will say, well, God, just let your grace and peace be multiplied. Then you just cruise through life and don't do anything. Peter writes and says, no, you add, you make room to develop these qualities and I will be there to multiply the grace and peace that you need to help get you there. That's a good deal that God works with us. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Wow. Now is the day of God's favor now is the day of salvation. So you've got to have the now and the future. The promises are about the future, but faith brings it into the now. So I want you to know that now, today, is God's favor for your life. Don't wait and think, well, when things turn around, when we get this mess sorted out, then favor will flow. You won't get it sorted out unless you get under the favor and grace and blessing of God. Because He's the one who helps bring things into order. And he brings his favor and his peace over our lives. Romans 16, 20, I preached on two weeks ago here. It's a lovely verse. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That amazes me. The God of peace will get busy crushing stuff. When you've got peace, you think, well, everything's peaceful and calm. Hey, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Here we've got grace and peace flowing together again. So we've got the God of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. If you want peace in your life, I've learned just get a bit closer to Jesus because He is peace and stuff will start to sort out. You don't have to try and unravel everything and get it all sorted and then peace will come. I've learned if you get close enough to Jesus in your daily life, peace will start to fill you because He is the carrier, the Prince of Peace. If you need healing in your life, get closer to Jesus because He is the healer. I've just found, and if you get close to Jesus, it says Jesus was full of grace and truth. So if you want more grace, get closer to Jesus. Let Him work in your life, and you'll find grace and peace will be multiplied for your heart and your life. Let's move on to verse 3. It says, everything we need for a godly life is provided for us. God has made available all that we need spiritually through our knowledge of Him. So it says to get to know Him, to live closer to Him. That's why we read the Bible. That's why we do devotions. That's why we come to church. That's why we pray. That's why we stir one another up. That's why we use our gifts and we study the Word of God. Because then you will grow in knowledge of Jesus. I've been saved 41 years and I just am amazed at things that I'm learning now. I think, why didn't I know that the first five years I was saved? Well, probably I was young and thought I had it all together, so I didn't need to hunger for it. Now I'm a bit older and realize you need all of that just growing. And I'm learning how to respond and hear and see in the Spirit. And so life just flows like a river more and more because I've learned to just get closer to Jesus and not try and sort it out all myself. And God's grace flows. So we see those amazing promises. So if you're writing down notes, the first word is... P for promises. Verse 4, through God's excellence, glory and goodness, He has given us great and precious promises. Oh, I love this. What promises has God given you? A promise for a fulfilling life? A promise for a godly husband or wife? A, a promise for health or a career that blesses people? Or for household salvation that all your household will come to Christ? Or that you will be a great influence in your workplace, in your career as a doctor or nurse or teacher or mechanic or whatever we do. That you would use your skills to bless this world. Great promises. And then it says they are precious. Think about the most precious things in your life. When you hear the story when the floods come or a house catches on fire, people run in and grab their precious things. What do people normally get? Their photos, their mobile phone, their passport, and maybe their precious jewellery. If you've only got a little bit of time, some people run in and grab some food and other stuff, but, but if, you, if you've only got 30 seconds, those things that are precious to us, we value and we keep them in a safe place. Or we look at them often. Or we wear them with confidence and value. And So the Bible says... That God's promises are precious and they're great. I want you to think for a moment, what promises has God given you? Do you value them? Maybe it's for peace of mind. Maybe it's hope for the future. Maybe there's a crisis in, in your household and you're saying, God, if only we could have peace and less strife. Lord, I'd love to make my life count, but it seems to just drift on year after year. 
oh God, in my older years, I want to be able to use the wisdom that I've got. What, what, what cries are in your heart? I've made some dumb mistakes. I'd love to help other people avoid those mistakes. A few of us can say yes to that, eh? <laughs> I've learned some tough lessons. Lord, I'd really love to be able to pass that on to others. God says they're great and precious promises. Where do we get those promises? In the Word of God. That's why we read the Bible every day. That's why we do devotions. That's why we preach and teach. What about prophecies that God's given you? Some of you have received prophecies. I write them all down. Any significant prophecies, I write them down. I've got pages of them that God's given me. Some are only one or two lines. Some of them are a page long, but I have them in the front. I have them in the back of my sermon folder here that I, uh, I look at regularly. Significant prophecies and dreams and words for my life. I've got them all typed out there, about seven pages of them. I don't read them like the Bible, but every so often I read through them and they put fuel in my soul. The Bible says you wage war with the words of God that he's given you. And I just encourage you, what about hopes and dreams he's put in your heart? They can be words from God for your life. And I believe today God wants to stir you. What are those great and precious promises? And don't let go of them because the enemy will contend with them. He will fight and try and rob them and steal them from your life. He will try and bring fear and think they'll never happen because you haven't been a good enough person. So then it's too late. I heard Dr. Michael Maiden preach in uh, Brisbane a few, few weeks ago. He was an amazing prophet from God. And he made this incredible statement. He said, it's not finished until God says it's good. I thought, wow. And I ju- we just sort of all sat there stunned for a little while and and I, I realized how powerful that was. I've heard the statement, it's not over until God says it's over. But if you read through scripture, it's not over. He's not finished until God says it's good. For God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He finished creation, said it is good. It is good. It is very good. You looked at, Moses is in the rock wanting to see the glory of God. He said, I'll put you in the rock. Put your hand over me and I will pass all my glory and goodness in front of you. I thought, wow, if only more of us saw that that's God's true nature. If if only this world really saw that's who God really is, we'd live in a whole different world. The enemy has tried to make us think God's mean and hard and, and that there's a lot of stuff he tries to blame on Christians and and on God, and I think, wow, the devil's an absolute scoundrel. He will contend with you for the promises of God. This week, we've got a, an event on here at our church, Holy Spirit Encounter, I've called it. And once a year, we get the district pastors from the Wide Bay um, with the Assemblies of God or Australian Christian Churches, and Marilyn and I are the leaders of it. And last year, when we were having it, the Holy Spirit said, next year, put it on, but you speak, don't get a guest speaker. I thought, that's awesome. And then I thought, well, what am I going to say? <laughs> and then he said, to make it more scary, he says, don't just invite the pastors from the district, the 30 or 40 that come. Invite about 20 or 30 other pastors from around the state. And I'm thinking, okay, that's just up the ante a little bit more. So we've got 80 pastors and leaders coming this Wednesday and Thursday to this church here. And God says, I want you to speak five sessions and help impart what I've taught you. And I'm thinking, oh, God. So Marilyn and I, we've spent the last few weeks 
riding and wrestling through. And the enemy has contended with us to try and hinder us and stop us stepping into this large new step of faith. But there's a whole lot of people coming from Gladstone and Roma and Toowoomba and Brisbane and Sanjago because they're hungry for what God's doing in our lives and our church because sadly not every church is seeing what we see happen every Sunday. Not that we're any better, but over 40 years we've just tried to keep responding to God and he said, I want you to share what I've shown you. And the more we've stepped up and been willing to obey, because 15 years ago when I walked through the doors of this church, nearly two weeks' time, it'll be 15 years to the day that Marilyn and I walked in this church. The doors were there. The stage was over there. There was about 60 people in the church, faithful people that had gone through lots of storms and challenges. But as I walked through the door, God gave me an open vision. I was thinking about what I was going to preach and who I was going to meet, and then they were going to interview me over lunch, and that was an interesting adventure as some of the leaders interviewed us about whether we'd become the new pastors of the church. As I walked through, I had an open vision and I staggered to my seat and sat down and God showed me that what's happening this week is one of the things he's going to do and build on and bring, bring many people to Harvey Bay to be equipped and empowered. Because we used to have state and national conferences here. We used to have youth camps and everything in the Best Shan campsite in this church. And God said, for 10 or more years, it's become a spiritual backwater, but I'm going to restore it to a place of prominence where your kingdom will be revealed through this church and this city. Let's give him praise. <coughs> and that humbles me, but it also inspires me. So the last couple of weeks, we've, you know, you, you put yourself out there, then you've got to follow it through, don't you? <coughs> and so we've been wrestling through. But I, God just keeps stirring me, and there's an excitement in my soul. I know we're moving to another level of influence and breakthrough in the kingdom of God. And the more I step up, the more freedom and grace and power and anointing flows. And for you, many of us, together we do this corporately, and individually we step up and do it. And I want to say God's promises are powerful. Don't pull back from them. Let's, let's uh, keep moving quickly. The second one is process. The process of Christian growth. It's similar to the fruit of the Spirit. The process we've got here from verse 5 on. It says, add to your faith goodness, moral excellence or good char- character. Add to your goodness, knowledge, spiritual understanding and insight. Add to your knowledge, self-control, alert discipline. Add to your self-control, uh, perseverance, passionate patience and steadfastness. I said in the first service, patience. It's like the guy who prayed, God, give me patience and give it to me quick. And we laugh about that until one of the doctors come and saw me at morning tea time. He said, I prayed that prayer for patience and she came quick. His wife's name's Patience. So he said, (laughs) so he sort of messed up my sermon illustration from now on. (laughs) I I liked his sense of humor. (laughs) Add to your perseverance, godliness, reverent wonder. Add to your godliness, mutual affection, warm friendliness, brotherly affection. Add to your mutual affection, love, generous and unselfish love. It's a bit like, there's eight listed there. It's a bit like the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Wow. Wow. When you look at this, you think, add. How do we add it? We're growing in our relationship with Jesus, obeying His Word, allowing the Holy Spirit to change us, and growing in good, healthy relationships in church and in our families and community. 
And that's a great list there. So as you grow, he will multiply his grace and peace and promises to your life. And then we grow in partnership by choosing to add those things into our lives. And sometimes there's a season where it's like you're every, everywhere you turn, God just wants to stir you to be a person who knows how to love, to receive and give love. Other times, it's the patience journey. That's the one we don't like very much. Sometimes it's the steadfastness or perseverance one where we, we might be an impetuous person. We live in a world where you can press the button and you get two minutes later, you've got a hot meal out of the microwave to eat. Or you jump on your phone and in 30 seconds you can Google just about any bit of information around the world. So we live in a generation that wants everything instant. And Banning from Jesus Culture preached a great message just a few weeks ago when we were at the IC conference. He talked about when Jesus walked on the earth and taught, he lived in an agricultural society, not a technological society. So all of his illustrations were about planting seeds, waiting for them to get roots established, and then it grows, and then it'll produce fruit. Most fruit trees, if you plant from a seed, take seven years to start bearing fruit. Some nut trees take 20 years before you get your first nuts off it. So when Jesus is talking about sowing seeds, about patience, about uh, fruitfulness, he's talking about, he, that society understood, you plant the seed, you water it, you nurture it, you get the weeds out of the way. There is months or years in the journey. We, in our technology, we want it, Lord, well, you've given this promise and three weeks later it hasn't happened. So God, where are you? What's going on? Three months later, we've thrown it out the window saying that couldn't have been from God. We don't understand the process because when you plant a seed for the first days or weeks, you can't see anything come out of the ground. But actually the most important thing's happening because the seed germinates and roots start to get established. And if the roots aren't established and the roots, you've ever pulled a plant up, the roots are not in any direction order they're all over the place they're going this way and that way and they're over the top of one another and they're going out there and so roots don't just seem to have any order there are times in our life when God's at work it doesn't seem like anything's in order but if you're pressing into God let me tell you he's planting growing roots in your soul so that when you do start to blossom and flourish there's a source that will nurture the life of the spirit and the fruit that's going to grow and we don't understand that we want it all to happen now God, help us to know the process. And harvest time, he understood how that all worked. And so we need to look at the Bible and just think about life. From the, I was brought up on a farm, so I naturally understand some of this easier. But I've realized when I preach this, some of you are looking at me and saying, what's he on about? Because you haven't been brought up on a farm and haven't grown stuff. But God wants to help us. So we have the process. And then we have a, to possess those promises. Verse 8 says, if you possess these qualities, Peter does not mean to imply that the believer is to cultivate each listed quality in turn, one after the other like rungs on a ladder. That's how I thought it was. The first guy heard preach this, that's how he taught it. I'm thinking, mate, it'll take me forever to get that in my life because I'm stuck on rung two. I'm stuck on the patience one. So how am I ever going to get to love? And that was my a new Christian's thinking, you know. You don't have to get the first one right before you go to the second. God can be working all of them at once. He will sometimes emphasize one above the other. Just learn to listen, respond, grow. Say, Lord, help me to grow in these. Peter has continuing spiritual growth in mind when he writes about these qualities in increasing measure. 
God wants promises and potential to become possessions for your life and for others. You need to prepare, train, practice, and continue to keep your eyes on the finishing line. Professional athletes know this. I was watching the Tour de France recently. I, I watch it for the scenery and for the craziness of those bike riders. Doing 130 kilometers an hour down those mountain thing, I think you guys are mad. But I heard one of the, it was raining one day and there was a few crashes. And one of the commentators say, the first thing they teach a professional bike rider is to look, keep their eyes up and look as far ahead as they can. The temptation is to be looking down because you're scared of what you're going to crash into. But he said, most of the time you've got to keep your eyes as high as you can and you'll get to your destination only occasionally glance down to see what's in front of you. You look at a 100-meter run at the Olympics start next week. What's an Olympic 100-meter sprinter do? He's on the blocks. He's looking at the finishing line. He keeps his eyes on that finishing line the whole time he runs. If he glances to see if he's still in the lane or looks around or like you see the five-year-old kids look around and see if Johnny's in front or behind him and they trip over and land, crash into each other, you know. <laughs> Junior Athletics Cardinals are really fun, aren't they? <laughs> But the runners who win keep their eyes on the finishing line all the time. Now, this is the amazing thing here. In scriptures, it talks about this. It says, what's the reward? What's the reward? It says in uh, the Amplified of verse 8, For as these qualities are yours and increasing in you as you grow towards spiritual maturity, they will keep you from being useless and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or whoever lacks these qualities, he's blind, short-sighted, chasing, closing his spiritual eyes to the truth, having become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. That's a trick of the devil, isn't it? Forgetting how bad it was before you got saved. Therefore, believers, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. Be sure that your behavior reflects and confirms your relationship with God. For by doing these things, actively developing these virtues you will never stumble in your spiritual growth and will live a life that leads others away from sin for in this way entry into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ will be abundantly provided for you we need to understand that we have when jesus died on the cross it says we have everlasting life for eternal life so much we look at is the temporary the coming things today. Some of you right now are thinking about what you're going to have for lunch. You tuned out about five minutes ago thinking, oh, mate, I'm stuck on rung two. This is too hard. So I'm thinking about lunch right now. Others have got your eyes lifted and thinking, wow, I'm not going to give up on this promise that God gave me. That goal to be a missionary doctor in Africa, guess what? If you get that goal when you're 15, you've got at least 12 or 15 years of preparation before it's going to become a reality. You want to be a great musician? Pick up the guitar or pick up the keyboard. Say, I'm going to play. No. We wouldn't have many people coming for our worship service if we just threw people up there that couldn't play but wanted to. You've got years of practice to become good. See, that's the growing process. And God's growing us into a mature body of believers that he's going to show his glory and presence through and your life and your family. And that's why it's an exciting journey of breakthrough and adventure. 
and it says eternity. Make your decisions in the light of eternity. I'm amazed how often we make our choices what feels good and what looks right now. Do you think about eternity when you make choices of marriage partners, of careers, of where you live or what church you go to? Thank God I was raised that you think of eternity before you make any major life choice. But many of us don't understand that. What do you mean by thinking of it? Well, how's this going to affect the rest of my life and my standing before Jesus when this life's over? That's eternal perspective. Not selfish, not short term. Keeping your eyes on the goal and then you'll run better on the steps in between. Let's stand in his presence. I want to read a beautiful verse here. It says, Philippians 1.6 I am convinced and confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect it and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. There's a great reward of following through in this passage. A great reward in this life and eternity. Maybe you're a newer Christian thinking, wow, there's some great challenges. Yes, there is, but boy, there's some great rewards in this life and for eternity. Oh, Jesus. Don't pull back, but keep pressing forward. Lift your eyes to see his blessing. Lift your eyes to see, God, I'm going to keep growing. Make a choice. Don't to pull back, but to press forward. And you will see his fruit and nature grow in your life. Add to your faith, knowledge, goodness. Just keep adding in by what you read, by what you sow, by what you do, and God will build it. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Let's sing this beautiful song as we just take a moment of response to our God. Thank you, Jesus. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.